Random Acts of Tangent. I am Adam. I'm joined by Annie. Hi, guys. We are on lockdown. It is official. This is the uh, the first Random Acts that we are releasing since uh, COVID has taken over the entire world. I literally have not left the house in six days. That's... Wow. No, I took the trash cans out to the curb, so I haven't left our property okay. <laughs> in six days. <laughs> All right. It was uh, an exciting time for me. Uh, I'm classified as uh, essential. I need to be going to work, uh, and we'll get into that at another later podcast and blah, 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 blah. But we have an interview for you guys today. This happened a few weeks back, uh, and we were sitting down with Graves in the Bad Weather, uh, same as we did with Porcelain Hill uh, on the earlier episodes. We had... Taylor, uh, he's the main subject of today, Taylor Beresoff of Graves in the Bad Weather, uh, married to Leandra Graves from Graves in the Bad Weather. And uh, Leandra was hanging out with us, so you're going to hear her voice as well. She's going to be chiming in, but it was, this was a very Taylor-centric podcast. We talked to Taylor about all things Taylor, and uh, then after that, we're going to have Leandra on, and she'll be uh, full-on Leandra. And one of the upcoming. Episodes. Yes, yeah, coming Not up, coming like up later. Right after this one. Right, no, one. right. We're uh, we're spacing them out. We got some uh, interesting, I think, tactics we're going to try to be pulling now. But now that we're, everything's on lockdown, as far as uh, interviews and things for the show, uh, we actually just finished recording one for spoilers, where we were all on Google Hangouts uh, from our separate individual houses. So that should be interesting. You know how we've always talked about me interviewing you on one. Yeah, this is the perfect time to do it. We literally can't uh-huh. have anyone else over, and you can't go anywhere except work. <laughs> and I'm stuck here except for working remotely. This All is right. the perfect time. It's, uh, it's, it's possible. Oh, we could have Alexis interview you with me. All right. Well, let's not go crazy. Oh, I have so many more ideas. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do those on a uh, off the microphone. Let's talk about Taylor right now. <laughs> Taylor's <laughs> on the show. Uh, this is he's a fun guy. I love this guy. Uh, we took pictures later on after the we recorded it, and we were. Uh, Sharing warm embrace like we tend to do <laughs> as, as we hang out. <laughs> Did you pet his beard again? Uh, it's 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 all a little fuzzy. Let's talk about the beard. His beard? Yeah, okay. very good. Uh, this the, the style of the podcast that I would like to do usually is we start off with the present for a little bit, then we go back in time and go through the origins. Uh, Taylor's interview was, or conversation was almost a hundred percent origin. There's a lot, a lot of the things and interesting stuff. It's like, whoa, what, wait, 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 what? Oh, <laughs> so, good. How did, how did, and he, there was a couple times where he like, oh, I forgot to mention this one detail. Like, that's a big detail. <laughs> what do you mean? You forgot to, <laughs> it was, it was very fun though. Uh, we, we got a little bit of, um, Leandra and, and, and Taylor kind of going at it with like, oh, this is not how I remember the story. That's how I remember the story. Uh, it was, it was, uh. it was fun. Differing viewpoints on the exact same event. Right, yeah. And somewhere in between is the truth. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, at, towards the end of the podcast, we did talk a little bit about uh, South by Southwest, which is a giant concert type of thing. It's, it's, it's more of a – it's a happening where they have – they're putting movies out, vans are playing. It's, it's like a – I think generally art festival. festival. Yes. And at the time of this recording, th- that had been – pretty much canceled but they were still going to go on with it and taylor well graves and better that was going to be performing there uh but it was not being called south by anymore it was now like oc south by but since then it's completely over now so that's that's not going to be happening oh, i really thought you were going to come up with something exciting like but then they figured out a way to remotely live stream everyone from their places of, or- of where they live. Places of origin. You orange man. Wow. Places of residence okay. so that everyone can perform and everyone can watch it live. On- so this is a huge letdown with the canceled. You, you know what's really great? 
I was going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? There is actually something else happening. <laughs> yes, where there will be live streaming. Uh, there's, this, there's this gentleman named uh, Lucas Flood who's putting out this uh, live stream of a concert series with a bunch of different bands. And that's going to be debuting uh, April 1st. And there's a bunch is that of, a joke? No. This is, you're not like, oh, I night. see. <laughs> April 1st. Uh, no, this is real. Uh, a lot of bands are going to be playing there, including, uh, including uh, Graves in the Bad Weather. Uh, we have, let's see, we got the, the Jacks, Them Evils, The Frets, Lauren Ruth Ward, Fencer, Oriah, Laura Jean Anderson, King Mala, Nova Miller, Surreal Hess, and Lily Waters. And, of course, Graves in the Bad Weather, the only band I Ooh, recognize, I love those unfortunately. I'm sure these are going to be all good, though. This, uh, this guy apparently has a studio space where, he, I think, uh, in preparation for everything that was happening, he's just started getting bands in or – it's going to be a, a live performances. So that's, that's going to be fun. April 1st. And you can check out the details on Facebook. Uh, there's also a GoFundMe page. This is also partially to do with uh, a cafe that has been out of business, the, the Hotel Cafe. And some of the pro- proceeds from the GoFundMe will go – to that as well. Is so, the cafe any good? Or uh, was it any good? I'm, I'm sure it was fantastic. They, they got a GoFundMe that's raised over uh, $2,000 up to this date so far. Oh, that's, that's so, good. Yeah. So, April 1st, check out the podcast of Graves in the Bad Weather uh, no as well pulling. as other artists. Yes, no fooling. That's true. Uh, <laughs> good God. But anyway, so we're going to get into the the interview portion of it now where I got to sit down with Taylor. We had a lot of good talks. Uh, Taylor's one of those guys that if I can make him laugh, it's like, a, yes, nailed it. And the, I was, I, I think I got a pretty uh, pretty good uh, hit ratio here in this one. I got more Leandro than I got Taylor, but Taylor's he – did, he, did, he had a, a knowing smile as he was like, yeah, but I can't that's, laugh on the that's microphone. That's pretty similar though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, he's a great guy. It was a great conversation. So uh, hang out. Uh, listen to the conversation already in progress. So you feel like this is oh, great. It's great. And should you find this as great as I did by the end of this, uh, even if you don't find this as great as I did, they, they have a website, gravesinthebadweather.com. Check them out on Facebook, Graves in the Bad Weather as well, to find out all the things they have. They have merch. Uh, in fact, they, they, uh, they, they, he, he was texting with, with, with us, I think. Taylor was saying, uh, if anybody's having trouble during this, uh, this whole Corona scare thing, yes. that they were willing to help, uh, the, if you need help moving stuff, they have a van that he, he custom built for touring, which they can't do right now. And he was like, if anybody needs help moving or anything, we got it. If people need clothes, we got merch. Obviously free. Uh, but if, if some people are in need, let, let us, us know. know. Yeah. yeah. God, I love them so much. They're so amazing. See? Okay. So more than great, uh, more than fantastic, the, uh, just ab- above all the things is uh, Taylor Beresoff of Greatest and Bad Weather is with Leandro as well. So here we go. Let's get into it. Who, who wants to go first? Right. I've been volunteered as tribute. Is that a Catching Fire? Is that the... It's, it's one of the Hunger Games. Games. Yeah. Yeah. I never got into those. Uh-uh. I started to and then I got excited and then I lost interest and then I never went back. I watched them out of curiosity. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But it helps you out later in life. Does I, it? Yeah, because I've been playing this game PUBG on my phone. Oh, okay. And I fucking love it. And I was trying to explain it to Leandra's dad the other day. Oh. And the only thing that made sense to him was it was Hunger Games. Okay. <laughs> what the heck? I was like, you get dropped into a spot and there's 100 people and you try to kill everybody. And he's like, huh? And I was like, you try to kill everybody. Yeah. He's like, I don't get it. And I was Is like, the it's Hunger the, Games. The, the, the zone gets smaller over yeah. time? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I played a version of that on my phone. It didn't work out so well for me. 
Mm. Probably because the screen is so small and everybody else had bigger screens. Mm. Taylor plays on his phone. Oh, yeah? Mm. Yeah. Well, I haven't owned a TV in like over 10 years. Oh, wow. So I've, never I've done everything TV. on my phone. How do you – why? Why would you do that to yourself? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean part of it is I've never been able to afford it. And <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, but most of my life, like my adult life, with the exception of the past few years, like I've always been very mobile for lack of a better term. Okay. Like I've never really stuck in one spot for very long. And uh, – I've always kind of had a mentality of like, if I do need to pick up and go, I need to be able to do it in an hour. Uh, okay. So like, I, n- I don't own a lot of stuff. Like even now, I just, I, I think that's better. It's a better way to be. I think. Yeah. I think part of it comes from the army too. Oh, okay. Like, cause I was always moving spots. And then when, um, I went through parts where parts of my life where like I lived out of my car and yeah. Oh, just, okay. So yeah, we, we just moved into this new place and we got so much crap. It's ridiculous. And it's nice, though. Yeah, it's fine. I like it. But, but all the junk that we end up keeping is that now I'm buying things to fill the house, and now mm. eventually <laughs> that's going to be just what? <laughs> if I move again, then, oh, my God, it's going to be a pain in the ass. Well, at least you got shit to put in the new place. Right, yeah. Uh, like, for me, if i got to move into a house, like, the day I move into a house, I'm going to show up, get the keys, open the door, and just be like, oh, fuck, what I sign up for? Yeah. Like, now i got to get all this stuff. Yeah. Now i got to make this place look like a house. Yeah. This sucks. That, that that is it is challenging. Well, if I know you at all, it's there's going to be nothing in it but like one fake fur rug and like <laughs> a teddy bear t- like nailed to the wall. <laughs> which is ah, I what forgot his I did last that. Yeah, looked like. was that right? I had <laughs> yeah. this giant teddy bear, and for some reason, I nailed it to the wall. I don't know why. Yeah, you also mm. put a hat on it and had it holding a pack of cigarettes and a beer. That's right. <laughs> That's amazing. It was like the par- party Jesus bear. Well, I don't know why I'm also picturing an inflatable couch. No, no, no. no but dude, my size, nothing inflatable holding <laughs> my ass, bro. He didn't have a bed, though, so okay. we would sleep on a mat on the floor. Oh, wow. That's true. I haven't had many beds either. Oh, yeah, right. a lot of places I lived, I didn't have a bed. That's that's quite an investment and also very heavy and a lot, lot of – especially with the moving aspect of it, that's, that's yeah, a possibility. Yeah, screw that. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. Oh. You said, you said yeah. you're in the Army. How, how long were you in the Army? I was in the Army for eight years. How long ago was that? Uh, I officially got out a year ago. Oh, I think it was a year, a year or two ago, July fourteenth, twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Wow, I'd have to think how about it. I try not to. Your beard, because oh. that's how long you've been out. Two years. So you've been out two years. Two years. Well, oh. officially, like my comp, my responsibility to the army ended two years after that. Oh right, right. Yeah, because I was still on call, and they just never called me because I'm a fucking ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can I picture you as one of those uh, like special. Units they get called in like I don't know if you saw Bad Boys, uh, or mm, Bad Boys yeah. too. The uh, the guys that come in uh, mm-hmm. at, the, at the end. There's this guy that has the beard and everything's all yeah big yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I see you doing that. Yeah, I was in a special unit. They'd be like, "Quick, we need the, a unit to come in and make all this beard disappear." Yeah. So they'd be like, <laughs> uh, Destroy the evidence. Call in Barisov. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that name in a long time. <laughs> I told you I'm out of this game. <laughs> no, he's still in that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh had, what made you join the army in the first place oh man geez that's going a ways back i don't know i kind of always wanted to join the army um is it in your family yes uh my mom's side so my mom's brothers were marines in vietnam um so there's definitely a military history there and then I don't know. I've been living on my own for a long time, so I didn't have the most ideal childhood. Uh, I've been living 100% on my own since I was 16. 
Okay. So, and at that time, I remember I was young, uh, and the, the economy took that giant crash, and it was right. just insane to find work and stuff. So the Army was a good way for me to uh, kind of find a way to start over and with something to my name. Okay. So I was dead set on doing that, and I chose the Army because I wanted to go uh, airborne. So oh. I wanted to be a paratrooper, nice. and that was what the Army offered. So, yeah, so that's what got me going, and that was a process, man. That was a process because when I was 16, I had to drop out of high school to work full time. Okay. I was doing like various jobs in factories and stuff like that. And uh, I, while I was doing that, I was doing independent study like so I could still get my diploma because I was a really good student. I just couldn't live on my own and go to school full time, but I still wanted to finish and have my diploma. So I did that and then I'd go to join the army and everything was going great. Uh, there's a whole other backstory there where I officially got in and then I got out and I tried to re up again and they wouldn't accept my diploma anymore because they said it was, uh, I needed something had changed in the army where the, the entry requirements had gotten stricter. So my diploma wasn't through the actual school district and I needed that. So I had to wait like a year, year and a half to get into adult school, even though I already had a diploma. Okay. And go back to finish my last couple of years of high school mm-hmm. so that I could get back into the army. Interesting. Yeah, it was weird. But man, I'll tell you, adult school, I was like an all star. Yeah. There. Like, I finished like two years of high school in like six days. Wow. Like, all right. <laughs> I was the class speaker at graduation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Doogie Hazary, mm-hmm. uh, way ahead of your time. Mm-hmm. But also, as an adult, wait, what? So you guys were a kid. You were an adult. This doesn't work. Bad analogy. My bad. <laughs> you, you'll get to, my timeline's very weird. All right. <laughs> but one, I don't have the best memory, so I'll be like, I'll talk about something that happened ten years ago and be like, so last week. <laughs> That's very true. How, how far back do you remember? Yeah. What's your first memory? Uh, I mean, I don't know when it was. I know I was a kid. I think it was one of my cousins or one of my friends from the church or something was over. We were young, probably had to be four or five. And for some reason, I had a Donald Duck mask on. And I remember remember we were in the hallway at my house, and I had the Donald Duck mask on, and I punched him. And that's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds pretty on brand, actually. Uh, Zero context. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. Donald Duck is a lovable character. And you you got the mask and you're punching people. So I tend to do perfect. that with things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you were around four or five, where, what area were you living in at this time? I was living in Corona. Okay. Yeah. So we had a, uh, it used to, you used to just call back then you used to just call that whole area where I lived in El Cerrito and it was the street exit, but the, it was like the bad side of Corona. Oh, okay. Um, we lived on a corner lot that my dad, had bought uh, years back, and he bought it because the property was really cheap. Okay, and uh, he was able to buy a corner lot that actually had two lots on it. Oh, and he was able to get a deal and purchase it for one, and later ended up splitting the property and building two houses. But um, empty vacant lot, built a house on it, and uh, built a concrete house, like completely concrete. Okay, because it was very cheap. And I just remember on that corner lot, man, there was always something going on in that neighborhood. It was always bad. The concrete house helped because when we'd have shootouts 
in front of the house. We'd hide in the concrete hallway. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be, there was a lot of gang activity. Do you think that had anything to do with the concrete Aside from it being cheap, was it also the protection aspect? No, no. I doubt no? my dad looked okay. that far ahead. If my dad knew we were moving into a place where there was going to be gang activity, he probably wouldn't have done, oh, done right. that. But it got sketchy, man, because we lived on this corner, and on one side, there was a guy who – this guy was so cranked up on meth or whatever it was that he was on. He had Mack trucks parked on his front lawn. What? Yeah. And would stay up all night taking them apart and putting them back together again and combining parts. And wow. then one night he smoked a little too much and killed his wife. Oh. And then uh, the other house on the opposite corner, they would open that one out. And it was like a I, – I, this is how unashamed people were on this street. It's like usually if you sell drugs – you try to do it like in a back alley somewhere where people ain't going to see you. Right. No, these, these these people, it was like a Saturday fucking yard sale. Like <laughs> they'd open up their garage and set up tables and just sell drugs oh my God. out of their garage. That's ballsy. Then we had another house up at the other corner of the block, which was a uh, – oh, man. That, that house was creepy because before we moved there, there was a – it was a big house. It was something like an eight-bedroom house, oh. uh, three levels. And uh, my buddy Terry uh, from school lived in that house. But before they moved in, um, I guess there was a, the grandma or the matriarch of the family okay. killed everybody in the house. Oh my God. What? Yeah. So Jesus. like 12 people died. What? In, in that house. How did she kill them? Uh, I think she stabbed them. Why? Yeah, oh I think so. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I was. I, I don't know. I want. I mean, to I wasn't there. I'm glad I wasn't. This story, but it was creepy as hell. It was like some American Horror Story stuff. I'm, I'm getting an Indian burial ground vibe from this. Yeah, story. yeah. <laughs> it, it was weird, man. It was weird. So like that happened. My buddy Terry moved in, and I remember one day me and Terry were hanging out, and I told him, "Wait, I was wait like, there was a child named Terry." Yeah. That's probably my favorite part of the whole story. Continue. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm telling him, I'm like, hey, bro, like you hear what happened at the house. Like, what's it like? And he, he had no idea that happened. I'm pretty sure like I caused a lot of issues for his family because I don't think they really knew that happened oh, either. No. <laughs> but then they moved out and then that house turned it into like a care center for uh, like mentally disabled children. So they moved a bunch of them in there and they had nurses and stuff in there that's season two of American but occasionally <laughs> occasionally those people would break out oh my god and i remember it, one of the scariest moments of my life uh my dad was at work and i was at home with my mom we're in the kitchen and the front door literally gets broken down wow like splintered wood like door just bam pops open and uh this guy comes in and he's like johnny <laughs> he was here he's like seven foot oh my God. like screaming nonsense walks into the kitchens just starts screaming at us and it was one of the mentally disabled people from the house right and like my mom was about to stab him like i grabbed a pencil and was like gonna try to stab him like before the nurses ran in and like that guy could have killed us like with his bare hands busted in a door christ like it was an interesting childhood. Yeah. Well, Good old El Cerrito, California. <laughs> so. All right. So it, this is uh, – I can't even wrap my head around all this. Uh, this had to affect you at school then. To, like all the stuff that you're dealing with at home to then get to school and be normal. Like, that seems like a tall order. Well, I was never really normal because I left out the part that I, I grew up in a cult. <laughs> 
also. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you left that little detail out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably an important part. Right. So my parents are Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. And like deep, deep into it. My dad's an elder, which is essentially like a pastor. I found out yesterday my brother's becoming a pastor. Oh. Like it's crazy. So I grew up in that, but it was weird because like when we were kids, we didn't really have the social um, aspect that a lot of other kids have. Like we weren't allowed to hang out with other kids. Why is that? Because they weren't Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, so okay. we were very uh, insulated within the cult. And isolated. it was isolated, insulated, insulated. same thing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> It's the Bible's cause the insulation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole be not equally yoked unbelievers situation. If you're around non-spiritual, then it's going to seep in. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it's the same shit every fucking cult does, though. Yeah. I mean, it's bullshit. But the, the sad part about it, though, is like the church that we went to, there were no other kids. So me and my brother mm-hmm. were the only kids in there until maybe we hit like 13. Okay. And uh, so my whole childhood, I go to school, and those were my friends. They were the only other kids I got to interact with, but I could not hang out hang out with them outside those eight hours a day that we were at school. So, okay. um, yeah, I wouldn't say it necessarily impacted me because I was still very socially awkward okay. when I was a kid. Well, so, so you grew up with with the religion instilled, like reading Bibles and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I was not, I was knocking on doors. Had, most of my clothes were suits and all right. dress up shirts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't wear suits. But I, I grew up all Christian as well. I was, I think, uh, eighth grade, I was voted more spiritual in my class. Mm. And then uh, they high did school. That? Hit. that was the thing you were voted? That's cute. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a private Christian school. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was like, yeah. they did that to you in public school? They yeah. were just like, hey, we're just going to put an arrow on this guy. Can you pick on this guy real quick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, the year after that, I went to high school. It was a uh, public school, and then uh, and the whole, everything changed. Uh, but i feel like that helped build the character of, of who i am as far as mm. uh morals and values and whatnot yeah uh does, does that take any hold with you you know what it really does uh as crazy as and as crazy as an upbringing as it was i am there's a lot of aspects about it that i'm very very grateful for it definitely helped to shape uh who i am today in a, in a very positive way i think right um the morality is very important to me it wasn't necessarily the things that they taught me that I have an issue with. It was the way they went about it. Yes. So the concepts and values I still hold pretty pretty close. Right. You know, loyalty, truth, honesty, those are all things that I hold very, very, very closely. Yeah. So That, that was the same thing that I had. It was, uh, the, the moral part of it is fantastic. The, the, the way that they go about beating over the head with certain things is like, all right, you're – too far now. Now, now I'm starting to turn away from all this. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I, I picture you guys. You, did you pray for your neighbors? All these things that were uh, the crazy stuff happening around you. I don't think so. No. 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 They're going to hell anyway. So screw them. Yeah. Well, my my dad was younger back then. There was a big shift in my dad because my dad was uh, at the time at that age. My dad wasn't an elder yet, and he was still fairly new to that faith. And my dad came from an upbringing very similar to what I had. In fact, actually much more brutal than what I had. Also my, Jehovah's Witnesses? No, no, no. Him and my mom are the first ones. <laughs> okay. So and then my grandma my dad's mom came into it later. But uh, my parents got weird stories, man. Someday I'm going to write a book about this shit, I swear. Fantastic. That would be great. Um, a lot of gangster activity. Uh, oh. My dad grew up in L.A., a uh, big Russian family. A uh, lot of Russian mob activity. Okay. Um, my mom's side of the family, uh, just kind of typical white trash. 
right. um, a lot of gang activity. Both my grandfathers were essentially assassinated. Oh my god! Um, and you could tell because they died of other causes, but the coroner's report left out like the stab wounds. Oh. So it was like he got hit by a car. Right. Well, now he got hit by a car and stabbed twenty-seven times. Right. Like that doesn't just happen. I had a knife. On there, there was a yeah. bunch of yeah. There were blades mounted. Yes. The car. Yeah. <laughs> so and my dad, like his dad, wasn't really present and stuff. So was, uh, there's a whole history there. But um, yeah, definitely a shady activity on my parents' side. All for right. Sure. So as you were growing up with the Jehovah's Witness uh, background and whatnot, at what point did you – or was there a point where you started turning away from the from the faith? Yeah, girls. Girls. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, girls. Good reason as um. any. They started, oh, hey, that's – that's. Uh, I want to go that direction. Yeah. yeah. No, she's way prettier than the see, other. Yeah. <laughs> Bible says no, but I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> yeah. The Bible's telling me no. no. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Is that a song? But my body's telling me yeah. yes. That's R. Kelly. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I haven't heard uh, it. Bump and Grind. Yeah. Oh, what that song's called? Yeah. God, that's a classy fucker, that R. Kelly, right? <laughs> oh, my God. It's a bump and grind. All right. <laughs> God. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how old is, is this now? When the, uh, the hormones are kicking in and the Bible starts taking a backseat? Well, I mean, I, I don't remember. It was a very drastic change between me and my parents. Um, because I was... I was always a very intelligent kid and growing up in that kind of environment, um, I had to be very intelligent and very, very sneaky to get away with the stuff I did Okay, for as long as I did sneaking out of the house. And, you know, once I hit high school, everything changed, you know, um, but eventually I got caught, uh, sneaking out of the house and got caught, uh, basically having a relationship with this girl. Mm. And uh, whereas most parents would probably be like, oh, we need to talk to Johnny and just bring him in and scold him, maybe ground him or do something like that. No, I I used to get picked up from school by my mom. Your name was Johnny growing up? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. I've taken a new name oh, since okay. I left the cult. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I think that's a middle name? Is it Taylor Johnny? <laughs> but... Uh, one day I got I got out of high school and I was uh, 16. It was October 31st. It was Halloween night. Mm. I'd have to look back and you were sneaking out to celebrate the devil's birthday. <laughs> 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 but my mom wasn't in front of the school to pick me up. Okay, and uh, I didn't have a cell phone at the time, so I waited for a couple hours. Tried to call the house. No one answered um, from the school telephone. Uh, so I walked home. And I got home, and on the porch was, like, all my shit. Oh. So I just got kicked out. And so oh my God. I grabbed my stuff. I had a duffel bag full of a bunch of my clothes. I had uh, my acoustic guitar and one of my surfboards. And uh, I took it and basically kind of moved in with the girl that I was dating. Her parents, like, were kind enough to let me move in. Holy Christ. There's so, no conversation about this? No, no, no. There were conversations later. Uh, cause then I ended up long story short, I ended up getting kicked out of that house like several months later. Um, because girls, because girls <laughs> seeing you have to go to church. I feel like oh, opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved back in with my parents for a short time after that. And I guess the whole thing is they didn't expect me to actually make it work outside of the house. Okay. So it's meant to be a lesson. You'll, you'll be back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they thought I'd be back like a week later 
and I never really came back. Okay. I came back at one point for about a week. It just wasn't working out. Wait, so, I, I want to go back. You, you said you got caught. What, what is it? They, they caught you halfway out the window, or how did you get caught in the first place? So I used to – I had a very – very detailed technique to sneaking out. Oh, so be sure I uh, can use this. <laughs> we lived in Norco. Oh, actually, no. To prevent time. my daughter from doing, that's what, that's what I meant. Oh. I was like, where are you going? That's, that's what, no, You're an right. adult. You can go wherever you want. So I was very, very quiet. I had a bag of clothes that I hid outside um, because we had a house where the back of it um, it backed up against the the main street. So. Okay. So if I went into the backyard, I could hop the back fence oh, and be on the back it. street and get out that way. Um, so And sliding doors are quieter than regular doors. So I would sneak out the sliding door. Um, I'd wait till the same time every night, every night to sneak out. I'd get out. I'd be gone for X amount of time. I really knew what – like I watched my parents to like get their schedules. Oh, nice. Like know what time they wake up, know what time they go to bed, know what time they're actually asleep, all that kind of stuff. So – I would get out and then I'd come back when I was done with my my nighttime activities. All right. And uh, one day I came back and somebody, I guess someone woke up in the middle of the night, noticed that the back slider door was unlocked and they locked it. Oh. So I was stuck outside. Oh, boy. So it took me probably about an hour and I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to get caught either way. Let's just get this done so I can go to bed. All right. Like, so I just knocked on the door and my parents started freaking out and everything and I got caught. And then they knew something was up. And I was a smart kid, but once you're caught, no, no kid that age is smart enough to beat their parents at that game. Right. So they started doing some investigating and started having meetings with people at school. And oh wow, yeah, it, it got pretty pretty deep. These uh, activities at night was it mm. just just the girls? Was there was there drinking? Was there there was a little uh, bit of drinking, murdering people? Yeah, yeah. There was definitely other stuff involved. Mostly, it was going out, hanging out with my friends, hanging out uh, with my girlfriend, going to shows at the Showcase Theater. You know, because that was pretty close to where I lived. So. I'd meet up with some of my friends. They'd pick me up in their car and we'd head out to a show okay, or something like that. Um, it was just going out and just being a kid because I couldn't do that during the day. Right. Like I didn't get to hang out with anyone. So. Yeah. That's got to be. Uh, you need an outlet of some kind. Yeah. What did they expect that was going to happen? Yeah. yeah. I got no idea. Well, I mean, they found out. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So so you, uh, you come home. Everything's outside. You go to your girlfriend's house for a little while. And then that you got kicked out of there because of. You said girls again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got caught so okay. uh, by the parents oh. in, the, in the act. Oh. So, yeah. P- like keep it PG. The most scary <laughs> moment for any young man. Yeah. yeah. But then also you're living with your girlfriend. What, what? Yeah. What did they expect, right? All, yeah, all the, yeah. All the parents in these stories, are, they're not expecting what they should be expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? They never saw <laughs> it coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get kicked out there. Uh, did you get kicked out as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. okay. Wow. But like, whereas my parents expected me to come back a week later, like she actually did. Mm. So she came back like a week later or something like that. Um, Girl, we can live in my car together. <laughs> <laughs> Just drive off into the sunset in this sick Honda Civic. Come on. She's like, this sunset sucks. I'm going home. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Right. So, so this is you're 16. Is, is it, and where does the getting kicked out of school come in? Well, I didn't get kicked out of school. Oh, you had to drop. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, I did right. drop out. So okay. after that, because at the time when I was living with them, we would go to school together. You know, we just drive to school, so everything was working out. But after I got kicked out of there, I really had no place to go. 
Okay. So I had to get a job. Um, I held a lot of jobs um, back then, some under the table. Um, I used to do auto, auto body work. I, I had a lot of connections in the auto industry because my dad was always very involved with that. Okay. Uh, my dad was an old school LA hot rodder. He was a drag racer. Oh wow! Um, he was a custom car builder, all that kind of stuff. And he transferred that into a. He started his own business, very similar to like a Snap on Tools or a Mac Tools. Okay. Um, and he's very, very good and very successful at it. And he knows everybody, and everybody knows my dad in the hot rod industry. So was he teaching these kinds of things when you were still living at the house? Some of it. Um, he was. To, his hope was always that I would take over his business. So he started a business basically selling the tools and primarily the paint and the chemicals that you need for this kind of work. Okay. So I would always spend – again, my, this is actually something I, I really appreciate about my dad is when I was young – you know, all you want to do is hang out with your friends and stuff like that. Well, I didn't have any friends, so my dad would be like, "You're going to work." Okay. So anytime I had a day off school, summer break, you know, a holiday, anything like that, my dad made me go to work with him, and I would work full time for free. Oh. <laughs> so th- there was one year at the end of the summer, my dad bought me a surfboard, and he's like, "Hey, you earn this." But uh, okay. So I would always go to work with my dad, and I think that really instilled in me like the work hard mentality. Yes, like that, that is something I, I notice about you constantly that you're always striving for something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get very bored if I'm not working hard. Okay, um, yeah, you got you got quite a motor. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was always working. My dad wasn't necessarily teaching me auto body work or something, but my dad came from an auto body background um that was what he was doing before he started the business and i knew all these people who later i would go on to find where like some of these guys were legends in the hot rod industry oh um and i was just a kid and these guys knew me and so when i was on my own i was able to get jobs and learn some stuff from them and they would take me under their wing at some of these shops and be like oh we know taylor he's craig's boy you know and yeah, he works hard. Let's bring him in. We'll teach him something. Okay. So, so, so at this point, you already changed name from Johnny to Taylor. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, you just, so, so the auto body work. Do you remember the first job that you had? Like when you were sixteen, the first one that you you got? Yeah, first job I had was I worked in a uh, scrap metal yard at a place called J and H Auto Body, um, and that job was brutal because essentially it was an auto body shop and repair shop. But right next to it, they had a scrap metal yard where they would recycle metal from old vehicles and right. pretty much any sort of metal that they could get. And it looked like a junkyard. But what they needed is they needed all the metal sorted out. Okay. So, you know, put the copper over here, put the aluminum over here. And I had a Kevlar bodysuit oh that God. I would have to put on in the fucking summer and go and crawl through piles of sharp metal and stuff and just sort it all out. And that was my job. I I think I was a different 16-year-old than you because I I feel having a Kevlar bodysuit in a junkyard setting, I'd be like Mad Maxing (laughs) role-playing in my my brain. (laughs) You you would think that, but man, when it's like 90 degrees, 110 in a California summer and you're wearing that. I'll wait for for the night. You're still young and dumb enough to where you you think beer or Coke is the same thing as water. God, I'm telling you, high school equals nachos and dehydration. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> so from the junkyard, you started getting a bunch of other odds and end jobs, and w- well, well, eventually, uh, the same body shop, J and H. Um, I went up to being; uh, they gave me the job detailing cars. Um, so I got out of that, and I would any cars that would come through that they would do any sort of work on, they would return them fully detailed. 
or okay. people would come in to have their cars detailed. So I started doing that. And then I switched to a place called American Auto Body in – it was in Norco or Corona. Um, and that's where I started doing auto body work. So that's when I really started getting into that. And there was an old guy there. I, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. But um, it was a little two-man operation, just one garage. And uh, I can't remember the old cat's name. But he's the one who taught me a lot about auto body work. Let's go with Johnny. We'll go with Johnny. Johnny that's a, that's yeah. a theme of the – Johnny <laughs> works. Yeah. All right. So what, what, what was your uh, favorite job out of these ones that you were doing? Was, was ah, none of them. None of them? <laughs> <Okay. Nah. laughs> no. it wasn't fun work for me. I mean, it was work. And Did you find any of the fulfilling at all? When the paychecks came. Okay. I got paid. Right. But I mean, to be honest, that's still how I look at work now. Right. Um, I don't – my passion is music. Right. That's where I feel fulfilled. I feel fulfilled when I build stuff too. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, like our van and stuff. If I was going to say there's a career out there where I could do it and feel fulfilled other than music, doing some sort of carpentry like that. Nice. Uh, I, I, I love being able to look at something that I built yeah. from nothing. Everything else to me is just a job. And that doesn't make it miserable for me. That's that's another thing I was raised to think. It's, it's a means to the end. Yeah. Eventually, once uh, the, everything else – when you start getting paid for your passion, then – all the all these struggling years of getting here will will then be worth it. But Maybe then, I mean probably not. I mean no no no. I mean even when I'm doing my passion, if someday I'm able to be insanely successful with music, it's still just a job. Oh, like it, that was something that I was always taught, and I feel like it's something that a lot of people miss out. Is there's Leandra's heard me say this, God knows how many times, but it was one of the most important things my dad ever said to me, and he was talking to me about the same thing about work and being fulfilled. And, I think I was talking to him about wanting to be a pro surfer or something like that and make that my job. And he was like, well, Kelly Slater retired because it became work. Like his passion became work. Mm. Michael Jordan retired because his passion became work. And those are things that both those guys actually said when they retired. They were like, hey, this isn't fun for me anymore. I'm going to retire. This is just my job now. So your passion, when you're collecting a paycheck based on your passion, yeah, it's just going to become work. So I think it's important to be – to have a healthy – attitude and outlook at it and not expecting for everything to be all fucking peaches and cream that's i i hadn't thought about it that way but i i used to play pool a lot when i was younger and uh, i i joined a pool league at a certain point uh, and i became the captain of the pool league because the captain stepped down and everybody else was very irresponsible and <laughs> so i i was I was, not, I was not the best player by far i was probably one of the lower end players but i was a responsible person so i became yeah. the captain of the pool team and i did it for a year and then i had to quit because it became work. Mm-hmm. I, I used to go to pool for fun, and then once it started becoming something I had to do, I, I lost interest. I, I hadn't correlated that to jobs because, I mean, if I could do this podcast stuff all day, I'd do it. And I get paid for it. Fantastic. But I guess at some point it would become, yeah, I'm at work. Yeah. Oh, no. That's an ugly yeah. feeling. I mean, you're still going to love well, it. It's, yeah. you know, it's but- ugly, but, like, I mean, Taylor, you you do a lot of work for our band right now, but you still get a lot of fulfillment out of it. Yeah, I still – of course, I still love it. Yeah. But, I mean, part of the way that I can continue loving it is because I'm not expecting this giant thing to happen where all my problems are solved and oh, I don't have right. to work anymore. Okay. I think that's what a lot of people look at yes. with their passion. They're like, oh, I want to make my passion my job because then I don't have to work anymore because it's just going to be fun. Right. It's like, nah, bro. Like, it's just, it's just another job. It it's just a job you like better. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, nobody gets to have fun and get paid and everything is fun. Unless you're like a YouTuber. I can't well, imagine that's a lot of work. I think it's just that it doesn't mean like 
the, mm, I just lost my thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you said YouTubers, and you it don't can think still that- be fulfilling even though it's work. So like doing something that you love for work, it can still be tiring, and like there are certain days you don't want to go, but like you get more joy out of it than if you're just going and sorting mail, <laughs> unless that's your passion. Right. But so you got eleven fingers. So being John Malkovich. Uh, I never saw that. Okay, there's a John Cusack has 11 fingers, which makes him an excellent filer for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> just going through folders is weird. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, I was going to say, you said YouTubers. YouTubers, right. Uh, I, I think that's got to be an insanely hard job. They work hard. Because, yeah, what they're putting out there, it's easy to film some of the stupid little videos they do. Mm-hmm. But, God, those people rely on being able to put out content nonstop. And they end right. in hours. Yeah. God. I could only imagine like having, like being forced being, fuck, I got to put out a video today. And I got no ideas because I used up my ideas for the last four years. Mm-hmm. But, okay. All right. Damn it. So I guess we're doing so another unboxing. Is what I'm learning here. No, it's, <laughs> not that, it's not that it's not fun or that it's not fulfilling. It's just like. Everything becomes work. Well, it's just like be realistic. Things are, things take work. Right. And it, it is work, but it doesn't mean it's not wonderful. That's true. But it doesn't mean some days it doesn't suck. Yeah. Lately, lately with the podcast, I've been – I'm behind with posting podcasts and everything because I've been doing so many things and now it's it's stressing me out even though this is something I love doing. It's getting to the point where like, ah, it's, it's, a, it's a source of stress. Mm-hmm. But then once – as soon as I get past that, it's like, oh, yeah. Exactly. It's fantastic. Whereas if you were at a job at like some office, you get past the stress and you're like – uh, why am I doing this again? Yep. <laughs> like, there's nothing I, behind I know exactly it. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't struggle with that, though. Oh, no? No, because I know why, I know why I'm doing this again. Like the office thing that you just Oh, if you work. Yeah, I'm doing it to get paid. Right. Like, that's the deal. I, it's an exchange of services. I do this thing that I don't like, so you can do this thing you don't like for me. <laughs> you don't like giving me money. I don't like working for you, but we're going to make this work. Interesting. You know, so that I can take that money and do something fulfilling with it. No, that's actually no. something me and Taylor talk about a lot because he doesn't need to get that fulfillment from his day job. You know what I mean? He's content to like do what he loves in the time that he has, like music, and then do a job that he doesn't necessarily love and get paid, and he's like fine with that. And I know a lot of people, kind of including myself, who like they need to find some sort of like purpose mm-hmm. in their day job. You know what I mean? Or they yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. they're just whoring themselves out. Absolutely. And he doesn't feel that way, and it's really interesting. Well, it depends. I mean, there's definitely jobs I wouldn't do. Like, like so whoring? Like I'm just going to do anything. <laughs> depends on the money. Okay. I, I mean, really I, think you should try I think, it. I think there's a good <laughs> rate out there for guys like it. me right Oh, now. absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, you can charge I, a premium. I feel like it's an untapped market. It is. You know? <laughs> It's an untapped market. Oh, it's tapped. It's, yeah, it's yeah, tapped. right. There's a lot of tapping involved. Uh, <laughs> so, where does music fit into this? We went through your all the childhood stuff, and music hasn't shown up yet. So, was it always there, or did, when did it turn towards music? Music was definitely always a thing. Um, my family wasn't necessarily like they weren't a musical family in the sense where they played music, but music was always on. Okay. Um, Primarily from my mom at the time, it was country. Um, this was back. I mean, pop country was starting to happen. You know, it, it was like those golden years in between. Golden years is the wrong term, but le- if you listen to country music, you got to admit these were some good years. Okay, so either that or fucking fight me. Right. <laughs> you had the years with like Johnny Cash, Waylon, Willie. I was about all to say Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Then you have today with like all the garbage <laughs> that is there now. It's just fucking atrocious all right but in between you had this great little chunk of time where it was like brooks and dunn 
George right. Strait, Alan Jackson, you know that, and that was the country that I kind of grew up on with my mom. Okay, um, so we had some good music in the car. My dad was very, very into old blues, blues and some old rock and roll. Nice, um, Creedence Clearwater. I just did that thing on Instagram with um, the what is it? The post ten albums in ten days. Okay, thing. yeah, it's, one of those challenges. Yeah, yeah, and that one was actually fun. I usually ignore those things, but I stopped at five. I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I need to go back. But the first one, like uh, Hooker and Heat, was the first album my dad ever gave me. Hooker and Heat? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's a live album recorded in a house with John Lee Hooker and Canned Heat. Oh, I so, see what they did there. Yeah. Okay. I thought so, we were going back to the whoring. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you really want to get back to this topic. I, yeah, I really do. Just want to know how much? I'll write down a number. Yeah. You. What would be your whore name? <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. Damn it. <laughs> Johnny with the Johns. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny with the Johns. Um, so that was the first album my dad ever gave me. And okay. that was a very influential album to me. Um, I love that album. So music was always very important to my family. My dad would share his record collection with me, turn me on to a lot of music. Um, my mom, I found out later, my mom was like a 70s hippie. I mean, she was a flower child. Oh. So she followed Zeppelin and Pink Floyd around the world on tour. You oh. know, she was one of those like okay. typical old school hippies. So she she of course had a great taste in music. Um, right. Very different than my dad. My dad was the blues, you know, the manly kind of rock and roll. My mom was more the psychedelic, right, seventies kind of stuff. Okay. So they didn't play, but because I was always listening to music, I always wanted to play. I remember my mom got me one time. We were going through Walmart. It was Walmart or Target. And you know how they have those, those $5 like bargain bins of like yes. DVDs? Yeah. Um, I got a – it was like a compilation of music videos from Guns N' Roses. Oh. So it was this DVD and it was just all their music videos. Okay. And I would Very watch nice. that thing on repeat. Yeah. And I just remember thinking how fucking cool Slash was. Do you remember how old you were when this was happening? Oh, man. I was junior high maybe. Okay. No, no, it was before junior high. Yeah, maybe like fifth or sixth grade. Mm. So what is that, 10, 11? Yep. Um, but I would watch that thing religiously. Never got tired of watching those. Mm. And I just really wanted to play guitar because I was just like, God, I, I want to be that guy. I want to be Slash. I want those tight leather pants and you know, that long <laughs> you hair. You still want to be Slash. Top hat. Every guitar player <laughs> still wants to be Slash. I don't care what they say. <laughs> but... Uh, so I always wanted to play guitar. Um, there was a really close family friend of mine who actually lived like probably just a couple blocks from where we are now. Okay. At the time, and I, uh, their name was the Brinks, and his name was Justin. He was a really good friend of mine. He was one of those kids like that time in my life when I was talking about when there was no kids in the church that I was at. Right. When I was young, like three, four, that family was going to the same church, and then they moved. Okay. So I still knew them, but I only got to see them every few months or so. Um, and usually I'd come over to their house and do a sleepover. Well, his family was really musical. Um, everybody played an instrument. His dad was a fantastic guitar player. He was in a Stevie Ray Vaughan cover band. Oh, wow. So there was – and he would sing and it was just – I'd go over there and they just had guitars all over the place and they would jam. And I used to love going over there. And eventually, like, I worked up the balls one time to ask uh, Justin if he could uh, teach me how to play guitar. 
That's and right. he was like, oh, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll teach you. Um, and then I think he was uh, he was really smart about what he did, that little some bitch. <laughs> but he was like, okay, well, here's the deal. Like, I teach you how to play guitar, but your hands are too big. Um, you can't play guitar. You could play bass, though. Oh. And I was like, okay, sure. You know what you're doing. <laughs> so I would go over and we jam, and him and his dad would teach me how to play bass. And that, technically, I guess that was my first instrument. But uh, it was because he was starting a band. And he didn't have a bass player. Oh, uh, wow! So <laughs> it's genius. That, no, I that is find bass that's, that's smart. But I remember going back and talking to the kids at school, like thinking I'm all cool because I'm learning how to play bass. And I'm like, yeah, I play bass. Like they say, my hands are too big for guitar. Were we always like tall? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I was always tall, but well, I, I mean, when you were very, young, very, very skinny. Okay, I was always the tallest kid in school until I hit high school. So, and then there was a, a guy, Tom Morello, Tom Okiki, or something like that. One of those big Nigerian fucks. Okay, <laughs> like we we were really good friends, and like they called us the uh, the SWAT team because oh. we play basketball together and we just SWAT everything nice. out of it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was always a big kid. I didn't really fill out though until. Probably after high school, probably around 18. Okay. So, so. big hands that was like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I get you. I'll do the bass for you. Or yeah, you, you didn't think like... He was oh, full of my, shit. I didn't have big my hands. My fingers are fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do have big hands. Are, well, now... I mean, you're 30, but... Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my like, age a Strike secret. that out. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh. I ruined it. <laughs> a lady ne- never tells her age. Right. Well, you'd be 30 in about seven years, right? That's yeah, the, yeah. Right. It's coming, okay. up. It's coming but, up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was ca- skip counting. Yeah. Yeah, so I got... In tri- dog years. I got tricked in my face. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, so, so was, was that the first band then that you, you were a part of? No, the band never actually started. Oh. Um, the first band I was ever in... Well, this is actually what fun. were they called? We were called the Forgotten. Yes. Oh, and it was a uh, so it was a bunch of my buddies. Um, let's see, it was me, my buddy Cameron, my buddy Simon. I think our buddy Josh was in it too. And this was a band where we all decided this is junior high. Mm-hmm. We all decided we were going to be in a band, and we like we're in a band. Okay, guys, like you're in the band. Okay, cool. You're in the band. Okay, cool. We're in a band, guys. Yeah. Never had a single practice, but we walked around for like six months. Like we're in a fucking band. Dude. <laughs> like, forgotten. Like, that's called a club. Not once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not once did we ever like have instruments. Like, we were just like, yeah, we're in a band. Maybe you've heard of us. To be fair, I had I had the same band. Yeah. We were called something different. But oh, same shit. So that was the first band, um, <laughs> quote unquote. But okay, I would jam with people after that. Probably the next big band was my freshman year of high school. I was in a punk rock band called the uh, the Suicide Skanks. No, all right. Um, and so hardcore, yeah. <laughs> oh My God, that, it, that was that was a fun band. I played bass and I sang in that one, and um, yeah, it was just like old school hardcore punk. So uh, at this point, I, I guess your parents had to be somewhat supportive of it to to be able. No, to No, they had the no idea. Oh, how'd, yeah. you, how'd you get the how'd you get the instrument then? Well, I had instruments. Okay. Um. Oh well, I left out the part where my dad bought me an acoustic guitar. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I always wanted to play. My parents were another sur- important detail, like the cult. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Earlier. All right. Yes. <laughs> so my parents were always supportive of me learning an instrument. They always thought it was a really good thing. Okay. We went back and forth a long time um, about what I was going to play. At one point, um, I think banjo was in there. Oh. A flute was in there. Um. 
I'd already been fucking with the bass, but I couldn't really play it. And then eventually we settled on guitar. Like, I really wanted to learn guitar. Did you just say you played flute? No, no. We were like, I was having the discussion (laughs) with my parents. Like, I I did not know this. And I really wanted to know. There were flutes around. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that makes anything better. If you can say that about a point in your life, there were flutes around. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that come with that. I dabbled in some flutes. I dabbled. I dabbled in flutes. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Johnny with the Johns. <laughs> so uh, we set on guitar. So I remember I got one of those. Uh, I think everyone who's, who, who's played guitar has gotten one of these. One of those starter packs. Okay. You buy them. It comes with some really cheap acoustic guitar, like a lesson book, a capo if you're lucky. All right. You buy an acoustic guitar. For some reason, it comes with a cable. You know, oh. a bunch of random stuff they put together, like a beginner's pack. A cable for an acoustic guitar? They just throw okay. anything in there. Was so. it acoustic electric? No. But no. by now, we'll throw in an extra cable. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, they just throw in a bunch of garbage in there. Why? Like, we and don't and know. They, they label it a starter pack and you buy it. But it was a Yamaha acoustic guitar. And I had that guitar for a long time. If there's one thing you know about me, even to this day, I swap out gear consistently. All right. And that so I've had two pieces of gear that, that old acoustic guitar and this Dunlop wah pedal that I've had. And. Those are probably the two things I've owned the longest. The watt pedal that I gave you. Yeah. Which just died. Oh. But, uh. Wah, wah. Wah, yes, wah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I started. T- <laughs> <laughs> so I started taking lessons. My parents signed me up for lessons at uh, Corona Music right off of, uh, I think it's Magnolia. And I had a guitar teacher who was the worst he was really bad um and i also aren't they always though like your yeah. first guitar teacher like my oh i have stories about mine yeah i don't know how i don't know who hired that right guy. same <laughs> they're hilarious well i think generally speaking the first music teacher you're gonna have is probably one you're not gonna pay a lot for so maybe that's where it comes from. You'd be surprised i mean i oh, still really? think it was a lot it was like 50 75 bucks a lesson are you oh, serious Jesus. yeah I mean, it was like a three-hour lesson uh, uh, once a week, but I still look at it, and I'm like, who's going to pay that kind of money? Like, uh, I'd just be like, if you really want to learn this, you'll learn it yourself. Well, I mean, for like a <laughs> – you got, you got YouTube, kid. For like, like a reputable teacher, like I wouldn't go to Guitar Center and pay that much for a lesson is my point. No. I, I tried to teach myself a guitar once. I, I have it's, a, it's in the garage, I think. I bought a guitar on Craigslist for like 20 bucks, and it came with mm-hmm. its own case. And uh, I came home, and I got an app, and I tuned it. And then I put it back in the bag. <laughs> and that's where it's been. Step one down. <laughs> yeah. Killing it. <laughs> Woo, I don't have to tune a guitar, guys, with an app. <laughs> so I took lessons there for like, I think I only took lessons there for like three months. Um, and then I quit. But, uh, or actually, I think the guitar player quit or the guitar teacher quit. So like, we, and he was like the only guy they had there doing lessons. <laughs> I can't help this kid. I'm yeah. not- <laughs> <laughs> Quit on you. <laughs> oh, damn. So, he killed himself shortly after. But, uh, I still <laughs> wanted to play. So, like, God. It, thank God at the time they had uh, Ultimate Guitar, ultimateguitar.com, okay. which was like tabs. Dude, I learned I about lived tabs. Off of Ultimate Guitar. So, I could go on there, listen to something like, oh, I remember a big one for me was Californication by the Chili Peppers. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I'd go and I'd print out the tabs to it. And it's the easiest way to learn how to play something because it's all numbers, which correspond with the frets and everything like that. All right. So 
and I'd learn and I'd just be like, oh, okay, cool. I can do this. And I'd print out other songs. And I'd be like, I just learned Californication. I think I'm ready for Stairway to Heaven. But it's just not. So I'm in a band, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you've heard of us. We're called the Forgotten. Oh, so shit. You, you forgot, remember. didn't you? Yeah. Oh, no. But, uh, Sorry. I had buddies at school, though, because we take our acoustic guitars to school. I was in, I was, this was my freshman year. And uh, I had my buddy Zane and my buddy Leandro. Who they were both really good guitar players. Leandro, Leandro. Oh, yeah. interesting. Not me, uh, another right, dude. Okay. And he, he, he's still a close homie. He was in a awesome band called Castle Pines that was around. Just really great dudes. Um, but one thing I think has always kind of worked in my favor. Sometimes to my detriment, but most times in my favor is I'm insanely competitive. Um, All right, and I'm. It's weird because I'm competitive in the sense where I don't feel obligated to be the best at something. I will always strive for that, but I feel satisfied if I'm not. All right. But it will kill me, and I will not be able to sleep at night if I'm the worst at something. Ah, uh, okay. So if I walk into a room of other guitar players, I don't have to be the best guitar player in that room. But if I'm the worst one, uh, it's going to be a bad night. Okay. Like So I would constantly be working hard to be able to hang with these other guys that I was playing guitar with. If it wasn't for that, I probably would have never kept learning. But because all my buddies were playing at that time, I had to keep up. Well, there's got to be scope for that, though. Like, if you're in a room with uh, ACDC and Molly Crew and uh, Led Zeppelin, like, eh, okay, I'm okay being the worst in this room. Ah, Molly Crew sucks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. All right. Well, whatever. I don't. I, I hate that band. I don't know music. I'll say it to them right now. Oh, oh, you wow. suck, Molly Crew. Hot take. Crew. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Send your emails, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so okay. no, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're around legends, it's different. But if you're amongst your peers, right? Like, yeah, I I cannot be the worst. So that'll that'll keep me up at night. Yeah. Lucky for me, there's like 10 million podcasts, and mm. I know I'm not the worst, so I'm okay with that. That's true. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> All right. So uh, when does Leandro come into the picture? So How did you guys meet up. There's 10 years of history between that, but oh my! All right. Well, we'll so eventually, flash forward to this this. God, I, I don't even know how many years later. I had just moved back. I had just moved back from L.A. All right. So, and before I left to L.A., um, my roommate at the time, his name was uh, David Kimball. He was a he was a good good friend of mine. And basically, me and him moved in together in L.A. because we were both from this area. We went to the same high school. He was dating a girl there, and he was close friends with the girl that I was dating at the time. And both our girlfriends got scholarships to UCLA. All right. So, and we were like, oh, well, why don't we just go out there too? We've always wanted to go to LA. Before we went, we went to this open mic in Riverside called the Coffee Depot. And uh, he showed it to me, and I was like, whoa, this is cool. I'd never been to an open mic before. I was like, this is cool. And then we went to LA, and then I moved back later on my own. And I was just like, man, okay, I want to play music. I was like, what about that old open mic that Dave took me to? Okay. And I, I went back and I checked it out. It happened every Thursday night in, in downtown Riverside. How many years between the first time you were there and then the second time you came back? Probably two, okay. I would say. Um, so I went back and it was the same vibe. Just, it, it was it was such a cool vibe there, man. Um, really good people, really good music, a uh, real community. Like it was a great place to make friends, which really helped me out at the time. All right. So I went there and made a bunch of friends. That's where I met my buddy Vic. Um, made friends with a bunch of people. My buddy Dino. Um, a lot of the people that I still hang out with to this day. 
And uh, that's where I met her. And the first time I ever met her, I fucking hated her. Oh, <laughs> fucking hated her. I'm very charming. <laughs> I was also 18, so okay. So this is what this crazy lady did. Okay, right. So okay. if you if you know hang the on. way, you- hang on, hang on. Let me just give a precursor. <laughs> I was 18. I had never been to an open mic. I was with my boyfriend at the time, and he told me what to do. So everything's his fault. God will. It's all your fault. <laughs> will, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> So if you know an open uh, mic, there, there's only so much time at an open mic. It's not like that yeah. shit goes for like 12 hours. You got to put your so, name in a hat or something. Yeah, so there's a limited number of spots. This was one of those ones where you sign up. If okay. you get there early, then you get the slot that you want. No. All right. No, it was always put in a hat. Oh. But, I mean, he would finagle it. Yeah, I mean, come on. It was Ed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he's dead now. We can say that. Oh, that's right. He oh, died. No. Yeah, yeah, poor guy died. Miss that guy. Yeah. But so you, it, you got yourself on a, on the list. Yeah. So Leandra comes in. And at this time, there was My a pretty... band came there in. Was okay, a the pretty, band I was in came hush, in. It was just me. Hush. I'm going to tell this story. Right. <laughs> God. And do it on your interview. Yeah. We'll, right. we'll hear Leandra's slide later. All right. So... <laughs> There was a pretty good community, so we're all hanging out, like all, me and all my buddies waiting to go on. And she walks in with her band, and it's a five-piece band. Seven. S- seven-piece seven band. It, it fluctuated between five and seven. Okay, so this happened with the whole band, but I'm just going to talk about Leandra. All right. So Leandra comes knows. in. <laughs> she comes in. She signs up one slot for the band. Then she signs up one slot for Leandra Graves. Oh. Then she signs up one slot for Leandra Graves and the singer of the band. They apparently have another project where it's just wow. the two of them without the band. Okay. Then another slot for like her to sing songs with her sister. No. My <laughs> sister was singing her own songs. They, they took like 37 slots that night for just different <laughs> variations of the same <laughs> shitty band. This was the thing you weren't supposed to do. I didn't know. So the rest of us are there and we're just like, guess we're not playing tonight. It's just this fucking band. Right. Like, and they're going to take 30 minutes to set up their seven pieces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So everybody's there, and we're just like mean mugging this band. And we're like, I didn't even catch it. I didn't see anyone mean mugging me. I was we just, just happy. Like, this is the <laughs> rudest thing. I was in such a good mood. <laughs> so yeah, first time she didn't make the best impression on me. Okay, so but she didn't have the same morals that you grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> Got to know the hierarchy of open mics. Yeah. I did not. But then, then after that, we became really good friends because she kept coming around and. Um, you know, obviously, back then she had pipes. So, oh, back then, oh yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> can I not sing anymore? <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't like you were still learning. Like, you got up and everyone was like, "Damn, this girl can sing." Okay, so like everyone instantly respected her. Got and it. We're like, oh, okay, this is someone who can play. So she kept coming around, and you know, just kind of became more and more part of the community. Mm-hmm. And so we were just friends for a long, long time. So that, that years was, before we that was your first playing. night there, but was that your first night there as well? That wasn't my first night. I had been there for a while. Okay. That was um, my first night. There. Oh, okay. But when I came back from LA, right. that be, kind of became a staple. My week getting back into Got music it. was the singer songwriter thing at the coffee depot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then probably, I don't know, maybe six months after that is when she showed up. Yeah. Okay. And then when did you guys create the club that became a band later? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Wait, what do you mean? I think we jammed. Oh, instead of saying we're in a band, like the, the club that he had with his friends growing up. <laughs> oh, that uh, one was yeah. like, do you yeah, know it was why? a, it was right. a yeah, the yeah. He, he's ask, yeah, he's asking about us. Like, when did we start? So yeah, together, when the, the, the band, when the Graves and the Bad Weather uh, become a thing? 
so Graves in the Bad Weather actually hasn't been around that long. Um, it's gone through a couple of variations. It's been around so. since the beginning of time, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. You've been here for years. <laughs> that's Jay Z. Uh, favorite flip. There you go. Same thing. <laughs> I could argue with that, but let's move on. Leah, I'm just so confused because she doesn't know who Flavor Flav is. Uh, not really. No, uh, he wore the clock. He wore yes, the big clock. Yes, he did. You, so, you knew what time it was. Yep. We start jamming acoustically like from time to time and stuff. Definitely not a band. Um, she has a band at one point called the Leather Tramps, which was like a folk punk kind of thing. And uh, I would jam with them occasionally because at that time I went through a phase where I – guitar was never really a giant passion of mine, like really learning how to play guitar. I would strum chords and finger pick and learn how to write some songs, but I never really tried to be a great guitar player. And for a large portion of my life, I gave up guitar. I put it aside. Okay. And never touched it. And I devoted myself to lap steel and dobro. Um, I don't know what that means. It's a. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's an instrument that basically you could think of it almost like a guitar, but it sits on your lap. Okay. And you play it with a metal bar called a tone bar. Think of slide guitar. Oh, okay. But yeah, like yeah. it's just slide guitar, and there's a lot more nuance that you can add to the okay. music with it. So I devoted myself to that, played that for years and years, and uh, start- that's what you do during Book of Men, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so I started jamming with her band, The Leather Tramps, for a bit, and then that band broke up. Then she started the Leandra Graves band, and which was like a bluegrass folk project. I joined that with her. Um, we were dating at this time, and I played Dobro. <laughs> we just back together. Yeah. Um, I played Dobro in that band, and th- that was a fun band. She played acoustic guitar and mandolin. I played Dobro. We had two drummers. We had a banjo player, a violin player, wow. like three guitar players. Like, it, it, it was a lot of fun. All right. We did that for a while, and she was still pursuing that. Um, we had some great shows doing that. Um, that was doing really good. And then me and my buddy Vic – one night we're having beers after work. I always and forget this part. We're having beers after work in Norco, um, and we're watching a band play, and they're just a country cover band. And we're watching them, and we're like, how much do you think these guys are getting paid tonight? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, maybe like 800 bucks. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. All and right. I was like, you know, we could do this, right? Like, we could make 800 bucks tonight All like, right. doing this. And we're like, let's start a country cover band. So we end up start practicing. And with the idea of starting a country cover band just to make some money, you know, some money to pay for the beer and stuff. and Yeah. So. The necessities. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, not bills. Right. Yeah. But. <laughs> got time for that. <laughs> so <laughs> we start doing that. And uh, he would, uh, we'd try to learn a song. We'd be like, oh, God, this song. We didn't realize how stupid this song was until we read the <laughs> lyrics and, like, tried to sing it. So he'd start. He's a fantastic songwriter. To this day, probably one of the best songwriters that I know. And he'd bring up an original that he was playing. And we'd be like, fuck it. Let's just learn that, dude. That's a good song. So we'd start playing the originals. And Leandra, we'd jam in his apartment. And Leandra would come over because she was good friends with Vic also. And she's like, I want to be in your band. <laughs> like, Leandra's always <laughs> been one of those people. friends. Like, you're not doing this without me. <laughs> yeah. And we were just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're really trying to avoid this. <laughs> so she joins the band and I was like, I'm bored. <laughs> 
so she joins the band. Our buddy Danny starts playing drums. Um, the uh, Brandon starts playing bass, and we're called the Palomino Kids. All right, and uh, we're like a country southern rock kind of band. And we have a couple of shows, you know, nothing crazy, but ultimately the band dynamic just didn't end up working out. We break up. But at this point, we'd been playing electric, and right. so I. Me and Leandra go back. We're like, fuck, this band just broke up. All right, I guess we're doing the Leandra Graves thing again. Still, we never yeah. stopped doing it. And we go back to it, and we're just like, we don't want to play like acoustic bluegrass anymore. Like, that was a lot of fun playing rock. Like, let's just do that. And then right. that was kind of the start of Graves in the Bad Weather. All right. So we brought Aldo in. Um, we brought Adam in. And we just started rewriting and reshaping the songs from a rock perspective other rather than a singer-songwriter like bluegrass folk. Nice perspective, and that was about three, four years ago. All right. So, flash forward today, and we're winning a Grammy next week. And, right. Yes, you know, I was going to bring that up. And, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's on the low low, but uh, I think we could break it here today. Uh, you guys have uh, somehow you got the EGOT as well, the uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. That's the altogether. Is that what that is? Yeah, I've heard that word thrown around. Never knew what it meant. Yeah. Who got it? Uh, you guys. Oh, Taylor got it, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, just me. <laughs> just him. Just me. <laughs> right. the, the band acting as a unit, uh, that's what got the uh, the Oscar. Mm. So. Well, and then I got a Lifetime Achievement Award for the Forgotten. All right, the yes. work that I just did. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so. so where are you guys headed from here? What's what's the what's the next step in the in the Graves of the Bad Weather? We're, so we're very busy right now. Um, the next step up is... I keep wanting to call it South by, but we can't anymore. Uh, South by Southwest got canceled in that two weeks. Had to go home. Coronavirus, yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a big bummer, but essentially it's still going on. So a lot of the venues could. This was a call made by the city, by the mayor of Austin, to shut it down. Right. So the film and a lot of the art portions that happen in the convention center and the big concert in the park that's not happening. But all of the venues and local businesses who are a part of South by Southwest are still moving ahead with everything they're doing. We just can't do it with the South by name anymore. Oh. So because the city is still going to be just as packed. Yeah. You know, it's St. Patty's Day week in Austin, spring break. And people have reservations already. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's still happening. The music portion, at least. I don't know about the film and all of that. But we're still going. It's just not South by. We're calling it OC South by. So Orange County, South by. All these Orange County bands going out. We're playing the Hampton production stage at the Key Bar. March 19th through 21st. And okay. We're going to be there with Robert John and the Wreck, Rob Linus, Big Rick Dollhouse, a bunch of other kick-ass killer bands. So we'll be there for three days. So that's the next step. Um, again, that's March 19th through the 21st at the Key Bar in Austin off 6th and Rio Grande. All right. Then we're continuing with these Hope for the Day events that we've been doing. We've been working with the Foundation Hope for the Day, uh, suicide prevention, mental health awareness, and advocacy. Yeah, the it's okay to not be okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's their uh, their tagline. So that's been really great, and it's been really good for us and kind of cathartic because that's a lot of – that's the subject matter that a lot of our songs are based on. Okay, um, yeah. A message of hope throughout things like that. Yeah. Um, so we've been lucky enough to team up with them and we're doing a series of shows. Basically we devoted 2020 last year. We were kind of looking at our game plan for this year and we got 2019 was a really big year for us because we really saw support from people in a way that we'd never seen it before. And because community has always been really important to us, we decided we wanted to devote 2020 or at least a good portion of it to giving back to the community that's been so supportive of us. Nice. 
So, and we found hope for the day and we were like, man, this is something that not only do we care about, but everyone's been affected in some way oh, for sure. or shaped by this. So we're doing that. Um, we're taking all that stuff to Texas. So we'll have that stuff in Austin. Um, after that, we'll have, we're doing Phoenix, um, possibly may r- run up to Chicago for uh-huh. some events up there. Um, and then LA. We have we have a lot of stuff in the works right now. So the thing is, you watch our calendar, you watch our website. A lot of times, you're only going to see one event at a time. Part of that is for design. Okay. So you're going to see the Austin events right now. When those Austin events are over, then you'll see the next event. Oh. Um, I like that. Yeah. Because it makes people think, oh, when's the next one? I don't know. We got to go to this one. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, – yeah. smart, smart. Well, there's a lot of stuff in changing and in the works as we're going through this too. So okay. let's just say that there's some – Things we're working on right now that are going to be slightly higher profile than things we've done in the past. So there's some really big events that we have coming up that we're really excited about. And the only thing we can say is just continue to watch our calendar. Okay. Uh, when those things come up and everything's confirmed and good to go, you'll see those announced. I look forward to hearing about that once the mics are off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we, we've also started working with some great companies too. Not only Hope for the Day, but we just signed a deal with Black Star Amps. And uh, they've been incredible. Uh great amps that we've been using their artist support has been fantastic so taking that stuff out to south by and at the next show south by will be the first one with all the amps set up so uh-huh. and uh i think that's about it am i am i missing anything what do you think about what <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had to scroll to the microphone leon's just busy eating starburst they yeah. really could <laughs> Although I don't know, these ones are like the fave reds, so it's like I thought it was going to be all like the red and pink, like the really good ones, but it's like a bunch of like melon flavors, and I'm not super sold. Mm. It's okay. (laughs) So I I think that means you covered everything. I think so. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. So we're definitely working hard. You may not see a lot of dates on our album. It's still streaming. It's still up. If you haven't heard it, yeah, American Gothic's up there on Spotify. You can find Graves in the Bad Weather. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've I've loved hanging out with you guys. Uh, getting to know you guys. Uh, I, I, we'll recount the story of how we met. I think on Leandra's. Uh, yeah, because that's yeah. It's, it's more Leandra centric yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, but it's 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 been fun. You, you guys always have a good energy, and the shows that you guys put on is always entertaining to watch. And it's it was interesting for me to uh, start talking to you because the vibe you give off and the vibe that you are once you start talking is oh, yeah. very different. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always curious. What, what kind of vibe do I give off? Like a dick vibe. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's more. It's it's Viking. It's the it's the uh, stoic, just uh, powerful. <laughs> and then we start talking, and you're just like joking around, and uh, mm. a lot of uh, physical touching. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, oh, let it butt grabbing. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> yeah, just, uh, I was gonna leave it at physical touching, but all right. That's how I establish my dominance. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just the, uh, the 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 teddy bear underneath the uh, the rough exterior is as it was it was it was nice it was pleasant. Oh, I, I okay. like that about good, you. Good. People yeah. are I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> it was good for you. Huh? It was very good for me. Yeah. No, there is a- five stars. We'll do it again. <laughs> this is a moment. Yeah. <laughs> you're very you're very calming presence, and, but especially when you're on stage, you're very intense. You're very into the music. It seems like you're just. Like everything else disappears, so maybe that's where the uh, the vibe comes of just mm. Viking. <laughs> and then once off stage, you're just hey guys, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> that was very cool. He's not terrifying. No. <laughs> yeah, 
it's, it's, it's been a pleasure uh, hanging out with you guys all, as always. Oh, yeah. Uh, having always. over. We Thanks love for coming hanging over. out with you guys. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go kick ass at trivia? Yeah, trivia. Yeah. Do some trivia. Yeah.